Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Guilt Grace Gratitude Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Peter Bell, and we are on Belgic Confession Article Number 9 of our Catechism Saturday series. We'll be covering the topic, the scriptural witness on the Trinity. And make sure, before we start this episode, that you guys listen to Monday's episode, Number 4, we had our fourth most downloaded episode of Season 2 as we go through our short series on the best of season two, Sparknote Seminary, we had Dr. Robert Yarbrough of Covenant Theological Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri, talking about New Testament background, the, the cultural milieu, what they were thinking, what they were doing, Greco-Roman society, what history was like, what they were thinking, the writings around this time, all of these help influence what we see in the historical context of the New Testament writings. And this Thursday, we had Dr. Brian Estelle of Westminster Seminary, California, on his brand new Christian-focused book, The Primary Mission of the Church. We talked all about the exclusive ministry and focus of the church, what the church exists to do, and how the individual Christian has responsibilities apart from the corporate, why that's a good thing to have two separate responsibilities, make sure the church focuses on precisely what it's supposed to focus on, preaching the gospel, administering the sacraments, and exercises church discipline, as well as prayers here in this episode. So let's move on. Article number nine of the Belgian Confession, the scriptural witness on the Trinity. All these things we know from the testimonies of Holy Scripture, as well as from the effects of the persons, especially from those we feel within ourselves. The testimonies of Holy Scriptures which teach us to believe in this Holy Trinity, are written in many places of the Old Testament, which need not be enumerated, but only chosen with discretion. In the book of Genesis, God says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So God created man in his image. Indeed, male and female, he created them. Behold, man has become like one of us. It appears from this that there's a plurality of persons within the deity. When he says, let us make man in our image, And afterwards, he indicates the unity when he says God created. It is true that he does not say here how many persons there are. But what is somewhat obscure to us in the Old Testament is very clear in the New. For when our Lord was baptized in the Jordan, the voice of the Father was heard saying, This is my dear Son. The Son was seen in the water, and the Holy Spirit appeared in the form of a dove. So in the baptism of all believers, this form was prescribed by Christ. Baptize all people in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel, according to Luke, the angel Gabriel says to Mary, The mother of our Lord, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And therefore, the Holy One to be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And in another place it says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirits be with you. There are three who bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirits, and these three are one. In all these passages, we are fully taught that there are three persons in the one and only divine essence. And although this doctrine surpasses human understanding, we nevertheless believe it now, through the Word, waiting to know and enjoy it fully in heaven. Furthermore, we must note the particular works and activities of these three persons in relation to us. 
The Father is called our Creator. By reason of His power, the Son is our Savior and Redeemer by His blood. The Holy Spirit is a sanctifier by His living in our hearts. This doctrine of the Holy Trinity has always been maintained in the true church from the time of the apostles until the present against Jews, Muslims, and certain false Christians and heretics, such as Marcion, Mani, Proxius, Sibelius, Paul Samosota, Arius, and others like them, who were rightly condemned by the Holy Fathers. And so, in this matter, we willingly accept the three ecumenical creeds, the Apostles, Nicene, and Athanasian, as well as what the ancient fathers decided in agreements with them. So a longer article, but you'll notice the connection to Article 8 that talked about the doctrine of the Trinity. We talked about within that as well, as we see this within the pages of the Old Testament. But notice what Guy de Bray talks about within this Old Testament. So we choose some of these from discretion. But what he says in the Old Testament, what is, what is dim, what is not totally lights, it is true, like he says in Article 9, that he's not saying here how many persons there are. So when in Genesis 1 it says, let us make man an image, we don't know the number, how many is us? So what the Old Testament is, is fuzzy or unclear. We see through this, this dim lit glass, this dim lit lens. But what is somewhat obscure to us is very clear in the new. It's as if the New Testament authors are looking back to Genesis 1, especially John 1, and saying what was clearly or what was dimly in view in Genesis 1 is now clearly shown to us. If you let us, we're the three persons of the Trinity. And we see this in multiple pieces of scripture. We see this where he first starts in the baptism of Matthew chapter 3. And we also get this within the Great Commission on Matthew 28. Baptize all people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded them. Also in the Gospel of Luke, according, or Gospel according to Luke, where the angel says to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon the power of the Most High. So the Holy Spirit's the Most High, who is God, and the offspring will be called the Son of God. Now, the place where Paul says the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So three persons in one. First John, when it talks about there are three who bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Using the same exact phrasing, the same exact word that he used in John chapter 1 about the Word became flesh. And these three are one. And so this, this scriptural witness bears witness to us about the nature of the Trinity, that there's these three distinct persons, yet they're all unified in divinity, which doesn't make them all of one thing, but also doesn't make them completely separate. And so we get our doctrine of the Trinity from these various scriptures, although, like he says, there are more, but these are the clearest. And we get our doctrine from the clearest scriptures, which help us interpret the less clear parts of scripture. And he goes further on to how, how this relates to our redemption as fallen creatures. The father is called our creator by reason of his power. The son is our savior and redeemer by his blood, which is what purchases us and saves us from our sin and gives us the obedience that we did not have prior to Christ. And the Holy Spirit 
is the sanctifier. So he applies this salvation that was planned by the Father, that was planned by the Father, that was executed by the Son, and was applied by the spirits onto our hearts. And so this doctrine of the Trinity has always been and must be maintained in the church. This is a first order, first level, highest level doctrine, the Trinity. God, the Son, and the Spirit being of one divine essence, yet three distinct persons, or as Article 8 talks about, three distinct subsistences. And at the end, he talks about the three Apostles' Creed, two of which we talked about last week, both the Nicene and the Athanasian, and also the Apostles. The Apostles is built off the three persons of the Trinity, where the first one's the Father, the second one's the Son, and the third one is the Holy Spirit. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast, Catechism Saturday, we covered Belgic Confession, article number nine. And make sure you guys tune into this coming Monday's Best of series. We go through our third most downloaded episode of season two, Spark Note Seminary, the history of evangelicalism with D.G. Hart, one of the foremost scholars on the history of the Christian church for about the past 300 years. You will not want to miss this episode talking about evangelicalism in general. And then book club next week, we have you're only human with Dr. Kelly Capick of Covenant college in Lookout mountain, Georgia published by Brazos press. Where our human finitude, our finiteness, finiteness as creatures is not due to sin, but as our very creation as creatures under God, this creator-creature distinction. Why this is actually good news, we have full dependence on the one who has created us. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast. We'll talk about article number 10, the deity of Christ, next week on Catechism Saturday of the Belgian Confession. We will see you next week. Bye.